Magic. Uh, what's up? Uh, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm super glad you guys are here uh, today uh, for what I think will be a pretty unique and uh, cool service. Uh, so, sometimes I dream that he is me. You've got to see that's how I dream to be. A dream I move, a dream I groove. Really? I don't know that. Oh, man. Did anybody? Jamie Fry knows it. Like Mike. If I could be like, no? No. I know it. Now that you said All right. There you go. I was just hoping someone could sing. Uh, so uh, this was a uh, song that Craig does not know uh, from back in the 80s. Uh, and it was all about wanting to be like Mike. Uh, and for anyone who apparently doesn't remember the commercial, uh, it was about wanting to be like Michael Andretti. Uh, that's actually not true. Uh, it was actually, it was a Gatorade commercial about wanting to be like Michael Jordan. Uh, anybody remember now? All right. Uh, so the idea was that if you wanted to be like Michael Jordan, if you wanted to be able to play basketball like him, then here was the solution. Then you needed to just drink Gatorade. And if you did that, because I mean, that's what Mike does, then you're going to be like Michael Jordan if you just take that step. Uh, now, I did not want to be like Michael Jordan uh, when I grew up. Uh, I actually did uh, want to be like Michael Andretti. Uh, and so, so much so, uh, that when I was a kid for Halloween one year, my mom made me, so this is Michael Andretti in 1991, uh, and so my mom made me, yeah, I was going to show you guys a picture of my 11-year-old self wearing this, but you guys just couldn't handle the adorableness, uh, but I was just cute as a stinking button. Uh, because my idea was that if I w you could just wear, if I could look like Michael, Michael Andretti, then somehow I would become like him. Uh, now here's what, that was mine, uh, but here's what's true for every single one of us, is I think every single one of us has a mic. Uh, maybe yours was Michael Jordan, maybe yours was Michael Andretti, maybe yours was something Else. And so as we start off, I would love you to turn to someone next to you, and I would love you to answer that question, who for you, maybe growing up, or maybe currently, was that person? Maybe it was an athlete, maybe it was a musician, uh, maybe it was some celebrity, uh, maybe it was someone more personal, maybe it was like a big brother or an older sister, maybe it was someone in the neighborhood, maybe it was just that cool kid, uh, maybe it wasn't even like a specific person. You just saw, um, was that um, Will Smith movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, where he sees the guy in the Ferrari, and he's like, I don't know, I, I just want to be like you someday. Show me how I can, maybe you like pictured someone in a big house or a big career, and you just somehow pictured, that's who I want to be someday. All right, so everyone, take a moment. Everybody got their person? Everybody got their mic? All right, turn to someone next to you and share that with them for a second. So for those of you guys in the back, there's a few more chairs up here if you guys want chairs.
is your just. You don't know? I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Nice. All right. I know that wasn't very long to discuss. Hopefully you got a chance to share yours quickly. So uh, let me hear uh, a couple of them real quick. Who's one of the people that you guys looked up to? Just shout it out. Who's someone that you guys looked up to? Who, who's one of your mics? Carol Keene? Who, Carol King. Okay. There you go. So, so for Jamie, hers was she wanted to be like Carol King. If she could, just, if she could somehow just be like that. Uh, who's with someone else's? Yeah, Sarah? Your mom. Your mom. Ah, so if you could be, it, to get like too like cheesy, but do you ever like do like put on her shoes and like just try to like do her, your hair like her? And... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. And I think all of us, if we'd spend enough time thinking about it, we all have somebody like this. And here's where we're going with this. And this is a little bit cheesy, I know, but uh, for me, it's pretty helpful. Is as a group of people, uh, what we believe church is, is that we want to be a group of people that all want to be like Jesus. That that's what we are efforting to do. That we want to look at the things that Jesus did, and that's what we want to be a part of. Uh, and there's a term for that, and it's the idea of discipleship. Is that that's what discipleship is, is wanting to be like Jesus. Uh, and so uh, this is a quote we've been looking at the last couple of weeks by a guy named uh, Dallas Willard. Uh, who says, as Jesus' disciple, I am his apprentice in kingdom living. I am learning from him how to lead my life in the kingdom of the heavens as he would lead my life if he were I. It's very much the song that we sang when we first started today of wherever you go, that's where I want to go. Where where, where you would stay, I would stay. Exactly the things that you would do, that's what I want to do. Uh, And so as a church, kind of everything that we do fits under that banner of trying to be a disciple. And so every event that we do, uh, every staff that we hire, every time we do a service, every group, uh, every habit that we encourage you to do, all fits under that banner of trying to be a disciple. Uh, And the reason why we have kind of chosen that to be our objective, it's not something we just like picked out of a hat, it's because we believe that that's what Jesus' call to the church kind of capital C is. Uh, So the very last thing that Jesus said before he left earth uh, 2,000 years ago uh, was this. This is from uh, Matthew 28. Yeah, so again, everything we do comes into that. Uh, He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, And then he describes a little bit more about what that discipleship process looks like. By teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who has been taught everything that Jesus taught and to actually obey it. Uh, Now, if that idea of everything is a little bit daunting, I think it should be to some extent, Uh, but I don't think that it's hyperbole. I think Jesus actually wanted us to do everything that he commanded. He wants us to know everything and actually obey everything. Uh, But still, most of us are like, I I don't even remember everything. And so Jesus luckily summarized it for us that everything fits under these two big categories. Uh, So here's what uh, Jesus said once. Uh, Someone asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all the law? Okay, you want us to do everything? Fine. 
give me a starting point. Like, what's the, what's the, give me the main priority. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, so parallel, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and then Jesus said, all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. And so Jesus would say, everything that I've said, everything that you ever read in the Bible, you can put them underneath these two big headings. They are about loving God and loving people. Uh, so here's what we would say, is that discipleship, uh, go to that next one, a discipleship is about knowing to all the things that Jesus taught, obeying everything, which all fits under the category of loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor, that that's what the whole thing is about. And as a church, we've summarized that uh, into the saying that hopefully you've heard us say before, that church is not a building, it's not an organization, it's a group of people who are trying to be people who love Jesus, each other, and the world. Uh, And again, everything we do, uh, go to the next one. Everything we do, every tool that we encourage you to do uh, in your personal life, uh, everything we do here together, anything we spend money on, any program we have, any habit we encourage you uh, to take part in, any service when we bring us together, uh, any staff that we hire, any events that we host, anything needs to fit under that banner. It needs to be in service somehow to saying, are we actually doing this? Uh, and before we go on, this brings up a good question, and that is the question of why? Uh, why should we make this a priority? Uh, this takes a lot of time. This takes a lot of energy. This takes a lot of money. Why should we be investing all of this into this? Uh, and here's why. Uh, it's because uh, Jesus said in John 10 that I have come that I may have life and have it to the full. So according to Jesus, if you are the kind of person who's looking for a full, meaningful, purposeful life, then the way, according to Jesus, is in him. Uh, Another time, uh, Jesus uh, said this. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That if you're the kind of person who you want to bear fruit in your life, then the way to do it, according to Jesus, is to remain in him. Uh, And then a little later on, uh, one of the first disciples of Jesus, a guy named Paul, uh, flushed out a little bit more of what that fruit looks like. Uh, He said that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, mercy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So again, according to Jesus, discipleship is the way, it's the pathway to this. That if you decide that you want to remain in Jesus, if you want to spend your life with Jesus, if you want to learn the things that Jesus taught, and if you want to actually obey those things, then here is what it leads to. Uh, And just to kind of set the level, this is not all that unique. There are lots of different things and people that promise that if you follow their plan, it will lead to this. Uh, I brought... Just a handful of the books. These are books that were around my house. So I'm not like downplaying any of these books. These are books that my wife and I have learned from. Uh, So this is a book about, it's called Burnout, 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 Burnout. The Stress to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. The the Secret, sorry, The Secret to Unlock, yeah, the, the, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. So 
Their promise is that if you read this book, if you're taught it, if you actually obey it, then it will lead to a life of mercy, kindness, whatever else. Uh, This one, uh, I won't read the official title. Uh, Some of you guys can read. Uh, But the subheading is how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. So if you want to lead an awesome life, then if you want to have these things, then you need to follow uh, their plan. Uh, This is the baby sleep solution. You follow this, it can lead uh, to some really good things. Uh, This one's called Bloom Where You're Planted. Uh, This one's called Training Camp. Uh, What the best do better than everyone else. And so if you want to do, if you want to be the best, you need to do these things and you will be better than everyone else. Uh, Here's a book about running and how you can uh, make your life better with running. Uh, here's a real simple magazine, uh, which uh, it, it's mine. Uh, Ashley reads it sometimes, but it's for me. Uh, but this will tell you how to uncomplicate your life. I mean, wouldn't that be great? If, you, if your life is complicated and you, you're looking for something different, then real simple is offer, offering to disciple you into a full and meaningful life. Uh, and again, I think All of these things are great. All of these things can be very, very helpful. And I think that a lot of these have Jesus-y type things in them, and that's why they are effective. But what I would argue, and you guys can come to your own conclusions, is that in fact, none of these by themselves can ever really lead us to a real, full, meaningful life. And in fact, the only way to actually have the life that we should all be living is by following Jesus. And so what we are trying to do uh, this year, kind of crazy, uh, in September, we're going to turn 10 years old as a church. And so we've been trying to do for 10 years, uh, go to the next one, is uh, we've been trying to create tools and programs and habits and services and hire staff and have events that are all trying to help us have that full, meaningful life by better becoming disciples of Jesus. Uh, And then here's, it's kind of all like laying the level for introduction. Here's what we want to talk about today uh, is, is it actually working? Is it actually, I mean, we've been pretty busy, pretty active for 10 years. And so after this, some of you have been here since the very beginning, since the beginning of the service. Some of you, this is your very first Sunday. Some of you have been around. But as we have taken part in these different things, are these actually helping us? Are are you actually more loving than you were a few months ago, a few years ago? Are you actually more patient, more kind? Are you actually experiencing more of what you would consider to be a full life? Are you moving in the direction of what discipleship is supposed to be offering? Uh, and we're going to look at this uh, through two lenses today and really for the next couple weeks. It's going to become an ongoing discussion. We're going to look at this kind of corporately, and so against kind of these things that we offer, and we're going to be looking at them individual, uh, because we have individual roles uh, to play in this as well. Uh, and the lens that we're going to look through this is, uh, is this idea of um, insanity. Uh, so I've heard this before, the definition of insanity. Uh, this isn't actually the definition of insanity. Uh, this is Albert Einstein's, which he was smart, I think. Uh, he's where he said, he said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So it would be insane. It'd be crazy to, if you keep seeing that the results are not 
ending up well. This is not resulting in love and peace and joy. Uh, to keep doing it, say, well, let's just keep, let's hunker down, let's keep doing the same thing and think if we, maybe if we do it harder, if we do it more, then maybe somehow the results will change. And so the only obvious thing is if something isn't getting us where we need to go, maybe we need to change. Uh, so a uh, couple uh, stats that I want to share with you. Uh, there's a group called uh, Barna. They're a research group, and they put out kind of their like big state of the union a little while ago uh, about discipleship and about kind of how discipleship is going kind of across the Western world, especially in America. Uh, and here's one of the things uh, that they found, uh, that in 2000, the year 2000, 45% of all those samples, so they did a survey back in 2000, qualified as practicing Christians. So this is kind of where we were in the year 2000. Uh, that share has consistently declined over the last 19 years. And so now just one in four Americans, 25%, would consider themselves to be a practicing Christian. Uh, so in essence, the share of practicing Christians has nearly dropped in the last, dropped in half since the year 2000. Uh, now, this stat in particular is very personal for me. Uh, I started uh, in getting paid to do ministry uh, in the year uh, uh, 1999. Uh, so I started as a, yeah, I'm old. Uh, so I started as a part-time youth minister at a little church. And so since 1999, right before this, I have been dedicating my professional life uh, so much of my energy, so much of my passion, so much of my money, creating programs and tools and churches to try to help move people in the direction of Jesus. And so after all of my hard work in 20 years, we've lost half. And I've been to conferences and I've read books and there's been so much energy to create new churches and better churches. And with all of that, uh, I don't even want to even pay attention to like church stuff, uh, but churches, I think, are as good as they've ever been. I mean, it, churches used to have like kind of junky coffee or no coffee. Now we have like great coffee at churches. We have like, we have like great lights and like bands and like uh, you say... Church is as good as it's ever been. And like I've been right at like the forefront of like trying to be a part of different teams to try to create all this. And for all that energy, we've dropped in half. Good job, John. It's going great. I think it's even worse. Uh, so currently, just one in four Americans is a practicing Christian. Uh, and so here's what they would consider to be a practicing Christian. Uh, it means they can check these boxes. They identify as a Christian. Are you a Christian? Yes. Agree strongly that faith is very important in their lives. Check. Yeah, I agree with that. Have attended church within the past month. Yeah, so 25% of our population, which the population of Albany is 98,000. I have no idea what the population of America is. But just think like, if 25% of the people in Albany, 25,000 people, we're actually practicing Christians. Uh, here's what that would mean. Uh, go to the next one. Uh, it means that there'd be 25,000 25, people in the city of Albany that would be exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit, would just be overflowing with love and joy. And as you, as you look at your 
Facebook, your Twitter, as you look at the world around us, like, is this representative of 25%? Is this actually what we are doing? Uh, there's a, Barna did uh, another poll uh, with a group called Alpha, and they were asking uh, uh, young people uh, what their thoughts were of Christianity, uh, and people who regularly are part of church. And the survey found that most young people were not asking anymore if Christianity was true. That was like such a big deal when I was a kid. Maybe it's still a big deal for us, some of us. But it's just like, is it true? Is it scientifically, historically, you know, can I rationalize this? And what they found is like, they're not even thinking about that. Instead of this thing, it, it, very, it could be true. But even more importantly than that, for young people, according to the survey, is they're asking, is it even good? Like if, if, if a group of people decided they want to model their life after Jesus, if they wanted to be part of that 25% that are regularly focusing their life, is that creating good things in their life, good things in our society, good things in our world? And for many of them, they say, no. A pastor alike named uh, Andy Stanley uh, said this. He said that oftentimes Christians are viewed as being judgmental, homophobic moralists who think they are the only ones going to heaven and who secretly relish the fact that everyone else is going to hell. And I know some folks who definitely believe that about Christians. And maybe even more painfully, I know a lot of Christians that hold up that stereotype. And is the way in which we've been discipling people to know Jesus actually working? Uh, And then maybe one of the more uh, extreme examples then uh, is uh, back uh, January 6th of 2001, uh, there was a bunch of people who I think would have considered themselves to be a part of that 25% of Christians who were setting up a cross. I can go to that next slide. Uh, In front of the uh, Capitol building, singing worship songs while also demonstrating hate and anger. Is the way in which we, church, capital C, been discipling people actually working? Uh, now, it might be easy for some of us to say, like, ah, well, yeah, I know that there's, like, Christians out there that that's, like, their world. But for us, I mean, come on, Christ Church Albany, that, that's not who we have been becoming over the last 10 years. But what we did is we started looking pretty hard in the mirror uh, right before COVID and then right kind of during COVID and asking, what are we creating as far as disciples uh, going uh, over the last seven years at that point of a church? And what we came up with uh, is that we had a lot of folks that were regularly a part of our church who were completely overextended, who were burned out, who even though we talked a lot about relationships, actually had pretty shallow relationships. We're digital addicts, we're other kinds of addicts, we're greedy, we're selfish, and just in general under the banner. Were we actually really creating disciples? Uh, And I say this not to like point a finger at anybody, Uh, I'll point the finger directly at me. That in 2019, if you got a real close look at my life, what was developing was a lot of fruit that was not the fruit of the Spirit. And so we as a leader team and an elder team uh, back at the beginning of COVID and really before COVID started to say, maybe the way in which we're doing things is a little bit insane. Maybe the way in which we're trying to do things is not actually creating the results that we want it to 
And so maybe we should change. Uh, so here's a little bit of what that uh, looked like. Uh, so here's what a strategy for a long time in church world. Uh, so okay, yeah, is, is this, were all these things that we were doing, were they actually doing that? Uh, go to the next one. So our strategy uh, for a long time, some of you might have seen this before, some of you might not have, is we would talk about, here's how we really want to make disciples of Jesus. Uh, we would say, well, here's the first step, is we need to get people to know that we even exist as a church. And so most people have never heard of Christ Church Albany. Most people are just going about their merry lives and have no idea that there's a group of people that are trying to live this way. So somehow they need to know about us. Uh, some of you might remember uh, we did uh, newspaper ads for a long time. We did, used to have a contract with Metroland. Anybody remember Metroland? Uh, yeah, it's, rest in peace, Metroland, yes. Uh, but we put ads in there for like, here's our sermon series. We thought, man, someone's going to be reading it and they're going to know about us. Uh, uh, movie nights, lots of other, you know, signs out front. And somehow someone's just going to be like, oh, I didn't even know there was a church. And who knew they had a band and lights? This is awesome. And so somehow by knowing about us, then they would attend. Uh, and then by attending one of our services, uh, I was going to do a cool graphic, but I don't know how to do cool graphics. I wanted to put like fireworks or something coming out of there. Uh, because like, that was the thought is that like, they're going to come here and somehow just like, ah, like just by attending something would happen in their soul and in their minds that would make them then want to be someone who was loving Jesus, each other in the world, and actually just magically was having this fruits of the spirit. Uh, and what we were finding is one, some people were starting to know about us, but a lot of those folks weren't actually attending. And then folks that were attending weren't actually changing into being. And so what was going on? Uh, and we weren't alone in this. This is actually something that many, many people were looking at across the country and saying is the way in which we're doing services not actually helping. Uh, here's what a guy named uh, Mike Breen said that I like a lot, a leader. He said, people learn by imitation, not instruction. Uh, the most of the things that we've learned in life are actually caught more than taught. It's, it's things we saw modeled in front of us. Uh, yet, most churches attempt a programmatic process of making disciples that does little to help people overcome the powerful models that they've come to imitate. And so we create like, hey, come to this six-week class and come to, you know, and then somehow we think, because I went through these steps that now my life is gonna automatically be changed. Uh, but here's what I found. People can be very inspired by sermons, yet within a day, they resort to their default behavior. Uh, go back one, I said. Uh, anybody relate to that? <laughs> Has anybody ever been to a conference, been to a, maybe one of our Sunday services, and heard something and thought, ah, that's good. I'm going to, and, like, and somehow like in that moment, you really thought, okay, I am. I'm going to have that conversation. I'm going to go and do that thing. Or I'm going to start that habit. Or I'm going to, I'm going to stop doing that. And like in that moment, you were so motivated. But then within a day, you're just kind of back to your same deal because lectures don't actually change people. I don't, what, what am I even doing up here right now? Uh, but <laughs> here's what I... Uh, go to the next one now. The only way to help people change and grow is to provide personal encouragement and accountability. And of course, all this is built on the expectation that every member should apply God's word to his or her life. Just hearing something doesn't often change us. 
But if you have a somebody in your life who is encouraging you, who is asking you, hey, you said that we talked about forgiveness and you were all inspired. I'm, I'm going to go talk to my sister. And then you had someone in your corner who was actually encouraging you. Hey, it's going to be a tough conversation. I know you can do it. Hey, did you call your sister? How did it go? Did you actually apply it? What we really need to grow. Uh, Mike Breen ends this way. Uh, Go to the next one, Nathan. If the expectation is for people to just come back next Sunday, then we've missed an opportunity and are relying on the weekend service to have greater impact than it possibly can. And this is, I mean, for a lot of years, implicitly or explicitly, this is like our idea, was that people are just going to come, and if they just keep coming on Sunday mornings, then they're going to change. And what Mike Breen has found, what many people have found, and what we have found, is that just coming to service isn't enough to change us. And that doesn't mean that service is bad. That's why we continue to keep doing services. But it's putting more pressure on that one-hour event that, like, for so many years, all of our eggs were in that basket of, okay, if we can just really make this Sunday morning service great, then that is going to be enough to change people. And what we found is that it wasn't. Uh, so here's what we've been in the process of changing and clear on process. So we're no attend B, and more and more, here's what we're trying to do, is we're trying to do more of equipping. Uh, and, and here's what uh, we mean by equipping. Uh, so Jesus said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And so here's, here's Jesus's, I don't know why we didn't look at this sooner. Here's Jesus's idea for discipleship. Uh, sorry, go back one. He said, uh, is that you need to remain in me. And so the idea is that Jesus is always active. Uh, we, we, we say regularly, we don't keep Jesus in, in here all week and we can come in here and visit him once a week, kind of like a museum. Jesus is out in the wild, like he's there all the time. So in your house, in your office, all throughout the day, every moment of every second, Jesus is always completely there. And so what we need to do if we want to grow and produce fruit is we need to find a way to remain in Jesus every second of the day. We need to literally walk with Jesus through the day and constantly hear and apply the things that Jesus is telling to us. And that if we do that, if we live our whole life with Jesus, not just every once in a while when we go to service on Sundays, if we live our whole life, then that's the key. And so everything that we've been trying to do over the last few years, and what we want to have a further discussion about continuing or changing or evolving, is how can we help you do this? How can we help you make this the regular priority of your life, where this is what we're constantly doing? Which is, I think we would have always said that we were doing that, but more so, we wanted you to come back next Sunday. We wanted to make sure we had good Sunday services. And now, we're really, really trying to focus and say, we want you to live this way every single moment, and we want to help you do it. Uh, And so here's a couple of things that we're focusing on to help you uh, do this. Uh, So Jesus says, uh, and to teach them to obey everything I have commanded. Uh, So we want to teach. Uh, Part of how we remain in Jesus is by learning things. Uh, We we don't know what we don't know. And so we, we can't really follow Jesus unless there's certain things that we know about him. And so it's so important to expose ourselves to normal 
regular teaching where our minds and hearts are expanding to know more. Uh, and this is, this is a regular practice in my life. Uh, so one of the things that we've taught over the last couple of years, uh, and it, it, we've taught it, it's because it's been so much true in my life, is what I have been learning about Jesus over the last little bit. Uh, so for a lot of years, uh, the idea of salvation to me, we've talked about this, the gospel, was this very narrow idea of that Jesus wants to save us from our sins so we can go to heaven when we die. That's like what salvation was to me. And over the last couple of years, I have been taught by different speakers and podcasters and books. There's a book out there by John Orberg I encourage you to read. We're giving away for free. Uh, that's expanded my view that when God talks about saving us, he doesn't want to just save us, you know, so we can go to heaven someday. God wants to save everything in our life and in our world. And that, that learning has helped me to remain in me. Uh, and there's so many things that you can learn. But we want every single one of us to be learning things on a regular basis. But not just learning. Uh, the next thing we want you to do is to uh, obey. We want you to actually Put these things into practice. You can go to that uh, next one, uh, AZ. Uh, so one of the things we've been trying to emphasize over the last couple of years is this idea of an I will statement. That before you leave service, before you leave a group, uh, emphasis on a lot of our classes has been this idea of like, okay, that was really interesting what we just learned. That was good. Okay, but what am I actually going to do with this? Not someday, but like in the next like 24 hours, in the next week, what's something, and it might not be like this big monumental thing, but what's something that I am going to actually do? Uh, I'm going to actually try to reduce my screen time. I'm going to actually try to take a regular Sabbath. I'm going to actually download Lectio 365, and I'm going to start doing it on a regular basis. I'm going to actually call my sister and have that forgiveness conversation. How can we actually not just learn things, but actually put them in to practice. Uh, the next thing uh, we focused on uh, to uh, Mike's idea is the idea of relationships. Because again, just learning something on our own, our own individual world, that's good. Wanting to apply it. But for most of us, there's been a lot of times where we've said, ah, this is something I'm going to do. But unless we have help, unless we have people that are regularly encouraging us and keeping us accountable, and so one of the big reasons uh, of why we have reduced the amount of services, and we're figuring this out, we want to have a conversation about it, but we really want to make sure you have room in your life for relationships. We want every single person to be a part of a group. We want every single person to be a part of uh, what we call either a one-on-one -on -one or a triad. We want you to have a group of people who know you deeply, and we're trying to make room for that. And we want those groups, when they get together, to not just be about, oh, let's, let's learn, or let's all share, you know, here's what I think about this, here's what I think about this, and then we can all go on our separate ways. We want it to be a place where when you go, you're like, man, I, I felt encouraged. And in a loving way, non-judgmental way, I feel like someone else is keeping me accountable. Uh, the next thing uh, we're focusing on is the idea of habits. Uh, for us to be able to do the things that Jesus did, we actually have to do the things that Jesus did. Uh, the reason why Jesus had a full life is because of how he was living. And so we want to literally emulate the things that he did. We want to, if he drank Gatorade, we're going to drink Gatorade. If he wore a cheesy... Uh, I don't know, rainbowy suit, uh, then we want to wear that. Whatever Jesus did, that's what we want to do. Uh, so uh, 
Next slide is that we've been focusing on these different habits. There's more, obviously, but this idea of a daily office, daily time with God, weekly Sabbath, sleep, boundaries, it's okay to say no, prayer, scripture, simplicity. This is how Jesus lived his life. And he invites us as his disciples to live life in the same way. Uh, And then the last one is the idea of purpose. Uh, It'd be one thing, again, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. I think this could end really quickly if this has the idea of, I'm going to do this to make myself better. This is all about me and about my own self-improvement, and I want to be loving and joyful and peaceful. Uh, And then we look at our neighbor, and our neighbor's struggling in life, and they're like, they do not have a lot of peace. It just seems like there's not a lot of joy going on, uh, maybe in some of our coworkers' lives. And if our thought was like, yeah, stinks for them, I'm just focusing on me, then that's not going to really help us to become disciples. We need to care about the other people in our lives. And we need to see that as helpful as all these other discipleship tools are, these really aren't going to finally help people experience the full, lasting life of Jesus. And so we want to care deeply about our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers, and not shoving Jesus down anyone's throat. That's never our goal. But to say, if you're really interested in I'm finding something in my life, and I would love for you to find it too. Uh, so a uh, couple things that, uh, okay, yeah, so if you remain in me, you will be our This is what we've been attempting to focus on. If, trying to, if we can focus on these, if we apply these to our life, then they will actually help us to produce much fruit. Uh, and so a good question is, as we've been working on this for about three years now, is this actually working? Is this actually effective? Uh, so here's some questions uh, that we're uh, asking and that we would love to have some discussion about, and I'll tell you how we want to have this discussion. So are these tools, programs, and habits helping us reach our bullseye? Twice a month services, get involved in a community group, we had different classes that we've been offering, are it, encouraging you to do Sabbath, encouraging you to do Lectio 365, Are these things, if you've been a part of them, are these actually helping? And is the rhythm of these tools and programs and habits helping us? And so is it it enough? Uh, And this is a great question. So uh, uh, one of our uh, community groups uh, that uh, Zach and Lindy uh, lead, uh, one of their thoughts over the last little bit was like, "Ah, like, we really enjoy getting together as a group, but it's, it's not actually enough. And so they started to get together weekly. Uh, bi-weekly was enough for them. So they need to get together. So they're, they're changing up based off of what they think they need. And so these are questions that we want to keep asking. Uh, and so here's how we want to go about learning uh, these, is we would love for you to have super honest discussion because these happen in relationships. We can have a little bit. We're going to, after service, we're going to have a Q&A, so you can give some of it then. But the biggest place we want you to have this discussion is in your community groups. And so this coming community group meeting or whenever you guys get together next to the community group, we want you to have a super honest conversation of are the things that we're doing as a group, we've been doing these studies, we've been coming together, like it's a lot of time, it's a lot of commitment. Is it actually helping? And is there something we need to change to help it more? We've been going to services or not? Like is it, it we really want to know the honest uh, feedback of that. Uh, and so that's kind of from the organizational end. Uh, but then also we want to look individually. Uh, so we want to ask the question, are we personally, John, Craig, Jess, are we committed to actually doing this? Uh, and I think this is 
uh, a big deal. So we've kind of like laid out these plans of, hey, we want you to come to services, teach, we want you to be part of a group, we want you to be part of these classes, we want you to do Lectio, we want you to do Sabbath. We've been trying to lay out, here's these things we want you to do. And so we want you to have an honest, me, real reflection. Am I actually doing them? Uh, and here's uh, my best metaphor for this. Uh, some of you guys know uh, I, I work with a, a running coach uh, to run marathons. Uh, I run two marathons a year uh, for the last couple of years, uh, which is crazy, uh, but I enjoy it. And so uh, we do these different cycles. And so uh, there's basically two different seasons each year. And so at the beginning of each season, my coach will lay out, here's the the rhythm, here's the programs, here's the tools that I want you to do. And he's, you know, kind of an expert in running, so he kind of lets me know, here's the things that I want you to do. And then at the end of the season, we evaluate. And there's two different big things we need to evaluate. One, we need to evaluate, is the things that he prescribed that I do actually helpful? Uh, But then there's kind of this other question of, did you actually do what I prescribed? (laughs) Because I can say, oh, yeah, I don't know if those long runs are really all that helpful. Well, did you do the long runs? Well, I, I did some of them. <laughs> uh, how did this, was the speed work pretty helpful? Like, well, I was kind of tired some of the days. I didn't really like, hey, we can really only evaluate whether his plan was working if we are actually doing it. And I, again, I don't do this like point any fingers. I point the finger squarely at myself as much as anyone else. But we need to have these kind of honest conversations. I, I think having a Sabbath will change your life. We've been talking about it. But you actually have to do it to have it change your life. I think having a regular pattern of a daily office will change your life. I think being a part of a group can change your life, but only if you're actually open and vulnerable and sharing and make it a commitment in your life. Uh, so we want to go through and ask these. That's, yeah, so again, definition of insanity. If we keep on... If we keep doing the same things over and over again in our life and expect different results, if you're, if you're over busy, if you're overcommitted, if you're, you know, too focused on work, too focused on money, too, you know, focused on keeping secrets in your life, whatever it might be, but somehow you're expecting different results. And so we want to look at what are the things that maybe we need to change corporately, but what are the things that we need to change individually? What are the things going regularly? We have this thing in us where we know, here's what I ought to do, here's what I need to stop doing and actually do it. Uh, so here's the way in which we're going to do it. You can go to the next one. I skipped over a bunch of this. All right, so in your uh, programs there, um, in the, where it says all team gathering, uh, there's a bunch of information in there, um, a lot of it that we just went over. Uh, and at some point in there, there's a link for something called the Flourishing Survey. Uh, and you can, you have a hard copy, so if I was smart, we would have done like a QR code, but we're not that cool. Uh, but you can like physically type in that address if you want to go that way. Uh, we put it in the weekly email. So if you're in the weekly email and you click on the All Team Gathering link, you can hyperlink in there. Uh, or we'll find other ways to send it to you. Here's what we want you to do is we want every single one of you, and those of you who aren't here, those of you guys who are watching online, we want everyone to take this at some point in the next week. Uh, It'll take you about 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how contemplative you are. And the first part of this is looking at fruitfulness. And we want you to be honest to this, and this will be hard. Some of us are like overly optimistic about ourselves. We think too highly of ourselves. Some of us are way too hard on ourselves. We'll have to figure out uh, where we live in that. But first, we want to go through uh, different fruits. And so these are the fruits of the Spirit we went over. So am I a loving person? How loving do I actually feel? Because again, that's the goal. 
Uh, we want to be close to Jesus, and the way in which we know if we're actually close to Jesus or not is are we experiencing the fruits of the Spirit in our life? And then after you get through the fruits of the Spirit, then it's going to ask you about different habits and tools, many that we've been doing, and you'll have a chance to comment if, they, if they've been helpful or not and how committed to them you've been. And then after you take this, uh, it's, we, we have low technology, so I apologize. Uh, it'll take, I don't know, 24 hours-ish, It'll be less for many of you, I think. Uh, we'll email you back a copy of this. And so who's going to see this? Uh, this will be uh, myself, and this will be our leaders. And so you can choose that. So your name is optional. I, would, I hope you do put your name, but if you don't, I understand that. Uh, but this is to give us feedback on how we can help. We're not going like, to share this publicly throughout the church by any means. Uh, but what we do want you to do is once you have the printout version back, hard copy, digital version, in your next group meeting, we think the way in which you will best grow is through relationships. And so we should have an open, honest conversation in your group about how are we doing, how am I doing, and how can we all help each other to better move forward. Uh, and I think that as we have that discussion, it's going to be hugely helpful. And then as you guys are having that discussion in groups and the group leaders are going to keep giving us feedback as leaders, you can give us feedback individually because we're like all about like the only thing that like I am like, passionate about as far as like doing church now is I really want you to develop a full life with Jesus. I really want you to actually have love and peace and joy. And I've been so excited about this because over the last three years as we've been making these changes, uh, I have been making changes to my own personal life and I am seeing fruit born in my life where it was just kind of like busy and overstressed and oh, it just felt, as I've been worrying, trying to focus myself on this, I am seeing discipleship starting to happen. And I love it. And I want it to happen in your life too. And I believe it can. And it might mean that we need to change some things around here of how we're helping you. And it's probably that we need to change some things individually too. But as we do, we're going to start to see fruit happen in our life. Uh, so with that, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take communion, and then we're going to have some uh, Q&A time uh, after that uh, for anyone who wants to stick around. So uh, let me pray. Uh, Jesus, I want to I wanna change, and I thank you for how you've been changing me. I believe that you are inviting each and every single one of us into a life that is full of peace and hope and joy and patience. It's possible for us to not live burned out, overextended lives where we feel like we're not really making an impact. You are inviting us into a life that is full not a life that is perfect. It's a life that as we look at, especially your early followers, might be built with struggles and uh, difficult things along the way. But even in those, you tell us that you're trying to lead us to a full life. So help us as a group of people. Help us as we try to figure out what these Sunday services look like going forward what our community groups look like going forward as we think individually about the things we need to finally say yes to 
as we think individually about the things we need to finally say no to, as we think about how we need to reorder our priorities, help us just to put everything in our lives under that banner of wanting to follow you and to fall in love with you. In his name we pray, amen.